just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your News Radio 840 WHAS. Good Sunday morning. Bob Sekolder, the Louisville Real Estate Show, here with you until the top of the hour. Hope you're having a good Sunday morning. Well, it's been a wet week, hasn't it? Uh, coming up on the show a little later on, barbecue safety uh, tips. Uh, they are some big ones. You may want to listen real carefully and check your grill on this. Helping us throughout the show today with your questions that are coming in via email because we're still doing our Zoom show is Brad Lawler, who is the owner of the Home Team Inspection Service. They come in as a team. They rank the number one home team inspection service in the country now eight years in a row, right? Yes, sir. Hopefully soon to be nine. And uh, they are a great group of people. You can reach Brad with regards to home team inspection service at 844-411-TEAM. And you can also reach him at that number for Team Bug Out, which we'll talk a little bit later because we have a question coming up about um, termites or something like that. Red red bugs. Red bugs. Also here for us, uh, Cora Henderson who's uh, one of the head honcho's attorney, phenomenal, Pitt and Frank, LLC. And you can reach uh, Cora. And remember, you can pick the attorney, closing attorney that you want for your loan. And uh, Cora and her group at Pitt and Frank was just over there last week. Great group of people. 895-9900 is their direct cell phone number. Welcome to the two of you. Uh, just uh, off the top of the uh, news. Oh, and by the way, you can reach me. I should probably tell you who I am. Bob Sekolder, the Louisville Real Estate Show, of course, but I also own a team at Remax Properties. He's the Sekolder team. We're ranked number one for many years in a row. You can uh, help you're thinking about selling. Please do not hesitate to reach out and call me, whether it's by phone, 376-5483, or you can go to our website, WeSellLouisville.com, or our new direct, which is BobSellsLouisville.com. Yep, there you go. And uh, my son Greg is uh, off today. He's on vacation, like a lot of people are. This uh, information this week, uh, according to data released Tuesday by the U.S. Census Bureau, housing starts showed a 21.7% jump from April and 5.7% higher than levels recorded in May of 2022. And, of course, the reason for this is because there's just not enough homes on the market. Typically, here in the Louisville area, we'll see somewhere, maybe we hope, 3,000. Homes on the market uh, at any one time right now, we're at somewhere around 1,500. So that's really low. That's making difficult problems for a lot of folks who are trying to find a house. Of course, interest rates aren't helping as well. But the good news is that building starts, new construction is starting. And I should point out to you that, and this comes where this leads right into a brand, um, that you really do need to have a home inspection, even if you're building a brand new house. Because even though the county inspectors are there, you need someone with a separate set of eyes. Right, Brad? I mean, this is... Yeah, it's very true. Because, you know, the code inspectors are looking at at certain components. They're not looking at, at everything. You know, we've got situations where, you know, we found brand new homes that have no insulation in the attic. Mm-hmm. The code inspector is not going to go in an attic and look for insulation. That's not covered. And really, it's... And I'm not going to say that builders are bad or not wanting to do well the challenge comes in where one subcontractor's work meets the other subcontractor's work like when you go into a bedroom that's got beautiful hardwood flooring and the registers for the hvac uh, supply have all been covered up by the beautiful flooring you know so Ooh. it's things like that that um will will discover during that that home inspection before you know, before the, the the clients move in and before, you know, obviously before any sort of warranty um, is, you know, runs out. So, yeah, no, that's a good reason to think about that if you're building a house. By the way, if you want to see a rebroadcast of today's show, go to LouisvilleAnswers.com. That is LouisvilleAnswers.com. Cora Henderson, we're going over to you first with this email that came in. Sean is a real estate agent. 
here in Louisville and has a really big problem. He writes and he says in this email that he got a call from a potential buyer who said that she just won $70 million in a Canada or Canadian lottery and was moving to Louisville. So Sean wanted to see several, like she's telling Sean, the agent, she wants to see several million dollar plus homes. Sean asked for proof of funds, which so far doesn't seem to be out of the ordinary because many of the higher priced homes will require uh, agents, listing agents will require uh, proof of funds letters. So be aware of that. And uh, she stated that she had a letter from an accountant. In fact, she apparently sent it to Sean on a real letterhead that stated that this uh, this winner of the lottery did, in fact, have the money. So Sean's concerned that he needs to treat the buyer with respect, uh, yet the pre-approval information may not be legit. And he's wondering what should he do next? He doesn't want to violate any fair housing laws or regulations. It's a, it's a good question because we're always worried about stepping over the line. We want to treat everybody fairly, but sometimes there are things that we need that may go beyond what is considered fair. So, Cora, thoughts? Right. I think that's a great question. So first of all, Sean, I understand you're concerned about it being a major problem, but rest assured we are here to help you and we can talk through this matter. So as far as it being potential discrimination, I just want to add that fair housing, which is kind of going to be your seven protected classes, plus one, for instance, because we have a Louisville uh, Metro ordinance that adds an additional class, those um, provides laws for those protected classes only. So it's possible that she does not fit into one of those classes, but moreover, that you asking to validate the credentials of her financial capabilities, how, you know, would that potentially uh, violate fair housing? So those are the types of questions that we want to look at when we talk about uh, discrimination actions. But I really want to just pivot and talk more about uh, making sure that you are doing your fiduciary obligations and presenting a potential purchaser properly to a listing and listing agent. Because just as Bob mentioned, it is quite common to present proof of funds, particularly on those million dollar plus types of properties. And I presume if she won the lottery, she's probably going to be a cash buyer. So mm -hmm. that also includes additional validity to that uh, cash liquid funds available to purchase. So what are the ways that we can uh, ask for it without potentially inviting any type of discriminating uh, claims against us? One idea might be to go ahead and deposit a substantial earnest money deposit. So let's say she wants to go tour $3 million uh, homes. It sounds as if she may be relocating for instance, from Canada, so we could have a problem with the availability of funds. So I think uh, it would be fair to ask, uh, let's say a couple million, you want to put down ten, twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 earnest money deposit, whatever might be appropriate for a particular property, go ahead and have that wired in advance to be sitting over in the real estate brokerage, your broker's account. And that's a good way of knowing, okay, if they're legit and this is not a scam, then I highly doubt they're going to just give me money to sit in the account. So that could help kind of validate their credentials mm -hmm. that they are who they say you are. Uh, secondly, you know, I would make a phone call to the accountant. I would certainly look them up online, but I would call them and just to verbally verify at a trusted number that they do, in fact, have that money sitting in the account. Also, um, Google is a magnificent thing. And if somebody won that much money in the lottery, it might come up, right? Yeah. Um, as a potential uh, winner um, in a name or an entity that she took it in, so on and so forth. So I think there's ways to validate without violating fair housing. And that's okay to do because you are doing your due diligence. If you had not, 
And you have presented this potential purchaser to a listing, for instance. You had them, uh, this potential fraudster, or if they were a fraudster, sign a contract, then you could get in trouble for that. So it's darned if you do, darned if you don't. So what are the best ways to protect you while maintaining, of course, uh, yourself in good standing with the law? And I think a number of those suggestions uh, would be a good way of doing that. Got it. Incidentally, if you would like to uh, sign up for our newsletter, it comes out twice a month, so I guess that would be bi-monthly. Uh, this week's topic, by the way, how to keep your home cool in the heat. All you got to do is go to welovelouisville.com. That's welovelouisville.com and sign up for our free, no obligation newsletter. And there's a reason I bring that up right now is because the next question over to Brad comes from Zoe, who has a new home and is going shopping later today to purchase re replacement HVAC filters. She has two questions, Brad. How often should those filters be replaced? And should she buy the cheap ones versus the more expensive ones? Because she heard that the cheap ones put less of a drain or strain on the blower of her system. So, Brad, thoughts on that? So, Bob, we this is a question that comes up periodically. Yeah. There is a listener right now who's getting ready to call you and tell you that my answer is going to be incorrect. Okay. So the reason I'm telling you this is there are different schools of thought on this. Oh. There are those folks that believe those dollar filters mm -hmm. that have very little airflow blocking capability are the most effective and efficient uh, filters out there because they don't put any pressure on blower motors. I am not in that camp. I am in the camp of I don't want allergens. I don't want dust in my house. Mm. So I use a, a much more efficient uh filter. Uh, the one that I have happens to be about nine inches thick, uh, but there are lots of, of allergen type of filters that are available out there. And that's what I use. I have a system that I only replace the filter two times a year. I know oh. people are now horrified by hearing that. Hmm. Uh, I do not put pressure on my blower motor. I do not burn blower motors out. So um, again, I think that what I would lean towards is the, a filter that has a high efficiency rating, that has uh, the allergen uh, removal properties. And if you have a question about whether or not it's right for your system, ask your HVAC guy, and he will have a different opinion than I have. But yeah, it's the, the most important thing to do, though, is to make sure that that filter does stay clean, that it does stay in place over time. When they fill up with dirt and debris, they'll actually basically get sucked out of place. And then you're not doing anybody any good because all of that dust is blowing straight through your ducts and it's just building up you know, more and more dust out there. So keep them replaced, whether it's every month, whether it's once a quarter, whether it's you know the cycle I have with the specialized filter every six months, just you know, just follow whatever the guidelines are for that particular filter type. Do you get more by paying more? I mean, do you get a better efficiency? Is it true? And is there a brand that we should look for? I, you know, I've got a spring air system. That's just what was installed in my house, you know, 15, 18 years ago. Yeah. Um, it's what I upgraded to. Prior to that, I used those, what are they, 3M allergen filters, if we're naming names. But there's a lot of good other good, you know, allergen type filters that are out there. You don't need the 99 cent that just basically is like blowing through a Scotch-Brite pad. Okay, Scotch-Brite pad. Okay, yeah. All right. Uh, just a quick reminder, if you would like to hear what sellers are saying about our security, we're really proud of our reviews and what our sellers say about us. Go to LouisvilleSellersTalk.com. That's LouisvilleSellersTalk.com. Corey, I love this question for you. It is kind of a really off the wall to some, some thinking. James writes as he's moving here from New York. And he's asking in this email 
New York requires sellers to disclose, this is a true story, disclose if their property is haunted. Yes. Now, I by the way, it's called the Ghostbusters ruling. I know this sounds a little hard to believe, folks, on a Sunday morning, but I looked it up. Go to Wikipedia and just look up Ghostbusters ruling. You'll see there is a ruling. So James wants to know why Louisville and Southern Indiana do not have similar requirements to disclose if a property is haunted. And he's serious about this. Yes. And it's not something we should be scared of. Uh-huh. No, no pun intended. Uh, so but that is correct. In Kentucky, we do not have a requirement for sellers to disclose that. There are a number of things that they do have to disclose, and certainly they are happy to disclose that uh, of their own free will, but that is not something that's included. Now, that said, if they are asked directly the question, has someone died on this property or are there ghosts? I suspect it's probably not going to be the ghost thing. It's going to be, has someone died on this property? Uh, then you are required to tell them. So if you know that someone has and you're asked, you can't lie about it. You don't want to commit fraud, but you do not have to share that information. But I do want to tell you something. Again, I mentioned free will. You could certainly disclose that up front. If it is such a notable um, death that may have occurred that it would have gained maybe some media attention, maybe a quick Google of the address would have um, revealed the type of incident, however gruesome it may have been that have occurred that would um, be a severe kind of blight on the property and affect the marketability of the property to potential purchasers. Yeah. That can really put somebody between a rock and a hard place because if they sign a contract, find out before closing that this was kind of a um, infamous property where uh, some deaths or murders um, may have occurred, then of course, somebody may want to back out and they may say, hey, this was material. This was this is a material, um, you know, misrepresentation. And even though they didn't have to tell them, they could try to squeak out because, again, it significantly affects the marketability if no one would ever want to live on the property as a result of whatever act may have occurred. Okay. Um, so I've seen that happen before. I've seen people fight about it. So that's always a good conversation with counsel, certainly conversation with your real estate agent. But technically speaking, the law in Kentucky, no, you do not. As for why, um, maybe because Ghostbusters wasn't shot here. I don't know. There could be some jealousy, you know, about that. We've got some we've got a few skyscrapers, you know, in our downtown scene. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I can't answer as to why. All right. We uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, barbecue grilling safety mistakes you might be making. With us and continuing through the half hour here, Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service. You can reach them at 844-411-TEAM. Also, Cora Henderson, one of the head honchos over at Pitt & Frank Attorneys, LLC. You can reach Cora and have her group. You can pick the closing attorney that you want, of course, 895-9900. And if you're thinking of selling or buying, I am here, Bob Sekolder, to help you. If you want, call me. We can come out. I'll come out personally. Talk about it in person. It's free. No obligation. And as well, we can do it by phone or by Zoom, whatever it works for you. You can call me at 376-5483 or bobsellslouisville.com. We're back in a moment on News Radio 840 WHAS. Hi, I'm Brad Lawler with Home Team Inspection Service, the area's largest home inspection company. Our teams of dedicated professionals, including many veterans, inspect thousands of homes in Louisville and Southern Indiana each year. And team makes all the difference. Extra sets of eyes and overlapping duties means a more thorough inspection and better value for you. Multiple teams mean we're able to inspect your home when you need it. Radon testing, home inspection, termite reports, one call does it all. 
Get the team, get home team. Pip and Frank has been serving your community for over 30 years in real estate closings and our title professionals educate the real estate industry both locally and throughout the state. Tell your loan officer and realtor to close with Pitt and Frank where we pride ourselves on being your trusted real estate closing expert. Pitt and Frank, signed, sealed and delivered at 502-895-9900. That's 502-895-9900. Shopping for a home? The place to start is Remax Properties East. Experienced, caring, top producing agents who service all of Louisville and surrounding areas. On your computer or on your smartphone, head to homesinlouisville.com and sign into one of the most advanced home search sites in the country. That's homesinlouisville.com. Residential or commercial real estate, let the award-winning agents at REMAX Properties East help. Take the first step in your house hunting journey. Visit homesinlouisville.com or call 425-6000 today. In today's real estate market, you want someone you can trust in the driver's seat. In Louisville, that's Bob and Greg Sokola. Bob and son Greg have helped thousands of families just like yours turn challenges into solutions. They can give you a guaranteed sale of a custom marketing system to get your home sold on your timeline and for the most money, and they have an instant cash offer program. You deserve the best there is. Bob and Greg, go to WeSellLouisville.com. You'll be glad you did. News Radio 840 WHAS, Bob Sokoler here with the Louisville Real Estate Show. Thank you, Barbara Corcoran. We appreciate your endorsement. With us continuing till the top of the hour, we've got Cora Henderson, who is one of the head folks over at Pitt & Frank LLC. You can reach Cora at 895-9900. Brad Lawler, also here, owner of Home Team Inspection Service, 844-411-TEAM. You can reach me, Bob Sokoler, if you're thinking about selling your home, 3765483 or bobsellslouisville.com. So a lot of folks grilling out these days on days that are not pouring rain. And so we've got some barbecue safety grill tips, and I'll go through the headline and uh, just some of these, Brad, you're going to want to jump in on. And, Corey, if you feel as well, uh, the first one is read the mo owner's manual, which I, I just really? always, I just never looked there, but okay. Um, the, list is, the list is already suspect, Bob. Yes, it is. <laughs> grill safety and grill placement. It does matter. The location, yeah. a quick line on that. Yeah, quick line on that. There, I know the article says there's 10,000 uh, grill-related fires per year in the U.S. Yeah. I will tell you that there are probably thousands of homes in the Louisville area who have damaged or melted siding yeah. because a grill got too close to the house. Yeah, I agree. I've seen it. We go to list the houses. we got to fix that. Yep. Um, use an outdoor grill. Outdoors only. Don't go indoors. So that's pretty uh, – keeping it clean. That helps to keep from flare-ups and all, right, Brad? Yeah, it does. The other thing, particularly with the gas grills, um, you got to make sure that those little Venturi tubes are kept free of spider webs. So they've got little brushes that you run in there to keep them clean, because if not, then you can get a, a backdraft on you where the gas will blow back out uh, the other end of the tube. And then you want to keep those those uh, flame tubes uh, kind of brushed off, cleaned off. The other thing that you want to be careful of is people that are using those grill brushes right now that are the stainless steel uh yeah. Bristles on bristles, them. Don't right. do that. Don't do that because those bristles are getting loose and then people are ingesting them and they're getting stuck oh. you know, in Oof. throats. And, and oh. so, yeah, you switch to the, the nylon bristles or some of the other things that don't aren't the metal brittle bristle brushes. Grill safety, you want to check for gas leaks. I'm not sure how you do the water or yeah, soap. Yeah, just a little soapy water. Just spray a little Windex or something on the uh, on the valve. Just make sure you don't have any leaks in the uh, in the hose or at the valve. 
some of the other ones are fairly simple. You know, man the fire, don't leave it unmanned and walk away. Also uh, using, go easy on the starter fluid if you're using a starter fluid. And also start the grill with the lid open. So yeah. a lot of us don't. <laughs> okay. And then don't overcrowd your grill. I guess that's a question there. Yeah, I think that's for the pit masters out there. But uh, yeah, it just cooks, cooks more evenly if the food's not all touching because the heat's able to move around it a little bit better. Of course, be sure to shut the grill down. That's pretty obvious. But uh, be prepared. Here's one. I don't, I'm not ready. Be prepared to put out fires just in case something happens, right? Yeah, particularly if you've got a charcoal fire on a wood deck. Yeah. Uh, have a fire fire extinguisher handy. You know, you may get some embers that blow out or a coal that, that drops out of an open uh, bin. And we've seen decks catch fire from that. So have a fire extinguisher uh, close by. And certainly the proper disposal yeah. of ashes, right? And the different type of materials they may be using for the fire or any fire. If they're, you know, building a campfire to um, roast, you know, anything or toast s'mores or what have you, just the proper disposal of that, not putting ashes that are still warm in plastic bags and putting them in their garage. I've seen a lot of garage fires start that way. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Use a meat thermometer to make sure the meat is cooked properly and then don't cross contaminate foods, which I guess is basically preparing raw meat on the grill and using the tongs to take up something after which you haven't decontaminated the tongue. So right, exactly. Right. Yeah. So those yep. are some of the things, the warnings, be careful when you're using the grill this uh, holiday. All right. We go back over to Cora. Uh, this one comes from uh, Dottie. She's buying a home in Louisville. She wrote in that her new family room is gorgeous. And when she saw the home during the initial viewing, she just was overwhelmed and thrilled. It's a big area, and it had a big area rug on it on the floor. But when she went to the walkthrough, apparently, this past week, uh, the area rug was gone, which was fine with her. She didn't want the rug. But uh, there were terrible stains on the wood floor, apparently left behind by pets. So the closing is uh, tomorrow, and she's wondering what can she do prior to the closing to make sure uh, that the wood stains in, on the wood floor get taken care of. Great question, Dottie. And I think you need to have a conversation with your real estate agent, who I'm sure is an expert on that board contract, which requires, by the way, um, the property to be you know free and clear and, and, and readily available for any type of inspection. So the fact that the rug was hiding that and now it's not, I think we see those types of things. Um, let's say somebody's removed all their belongings from the house, and that's what that final walkthrough is for. It's to certify the condition of the property. And so now that that condition, although it hasn't changed, it's become obvious to you because things were hidden before um, because of the seller's belongings, that's an opportunity to say, hey, wait a minute, you know, these these damages need to be remedied. These weren't disclosed. Your area rug was covering that up. Um, just as if, let's say, in the move out process, something was damaged, a wall was gashed. That needs to be repaired, okay? So again, I would lean on those professionals in your organization, just as Bob would, uh, if he was an agent in that transaction, to reach out to the other side and say, we need to have this remedy. Now, what are your remedies a day before closing? Well, that's a whole nother conversation. Certainly, depending on the scope of damages and the type of transaction, if monies need to be escrowed or the closing potentially needs to be postponed, but there are ways to navigate through that process without giving up your closing date if that's something you were truly looking forward to. So give us a call at Pitt and Frank. We're happy to um, brainstorm with you the possible remedies that may fit your unique transaction. But yes, that is something that the seller should remedy for you. Mm -hmm, they should. And we'll give Cora's number out in just a few moments. All right. So back over to uh, Brad on this. Uh, Gregory writing in. He says, help. I found lots of small red bugs in my home. How can I get rid of them and keep my home free of uh, these mysterious red bugs? Mind you, yeah. Fred not only is a home inspector, but he also has a new company called um, – 
team bug out, which is why this question is pertinent to him. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because when I initially heard that, I thought, well, he's seeing the uh, box elder larvae, which are red bugs. They're you know, maybe oh. a quarter inch long. And that's we see those in a lot of houses right now. But when he sent the picture over, what he has is clover mites or red clover mites. And these are those tiny little things that are about like the size of the end of a pin. And they get, you'll see them on your walls. You'll see them outside the house in particular. And what they're doing is they're looking for just better, better climate. Uh, they'll move into your house. They come in through small cracks and crevices and they get inside. And when you squish them, they leave little red spots everywhere. Oh. They're not, they don't hurt anything. They don't, they don't eat anything. They are just a nuisance. Best thing to do with them is clean them up uh, with just a vacuum cleaner and then throw the bag away outside, please. Don't put it, leave it in your kitchen where they'll crawl back out. But the other, the other thing that, you know, so you can treat outside, you can do an exterior treatment of the home uh, to keep the, the clover mites from coming in. If you've got them inside and you can't vacuum everything off, I know uh, Bob Gregg, your, your son loves yeah. Castile soap. Um, you can get Castile soap, use that as a natural uh, deterrent. You can get neem oil, N-E-E-M. Uh, it's readily available at any of the big box stores or the home and garden centers, but it's another natural product that you can spray and it will eliminate those uh, those little nuisance pests in your home. All right. Good. Yeah, that's a good answer. All right. So, Cora, this may be the final question, uh, depending upon your answer today on this. And I love this question for you, Ryan and Brad, you may want to jump in on this too. Okay. Ryan sent us an email. Uh, he's about to sell his home and there is a trim on a door frame, and that for the past 15 years, he would mark the height of each of his kids as the, their at their age and time of height as they're growing. And I think a lot of us parents have done that at one time or another, and he, he really doesn't want to leave that trim behind. He's concerned if he takes the frame off the door, he may cause damage, and he's wondering how to proceed. So let's talk legally first, Cora, from your standpoint. What does someone, a parent like who really cherishes something like this, which gives the height of the kids at every year, how do you handle something like that in your mind legally? Yeah, Absolutely. Ryan, you're in good company. I did the same thing, um, except I did it on a door. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, those bring back wonderful memories. So mm -hmm. what I did, if this is helpful, and then I'll explain the legal reasoning, is I actually took a picture of it and wrote everything down. And then I duplicated it in my new house. Oh, that's a really um, good idea. Okay. Yes. And then continue to add on as my children continue to grow and grow. Uh, now, if you are currently under contract, I would not recommend legally removing that trim because that condition is going to be required to be the same from the uh, date of offer. So you'll need to maintain that. But if you haven't listed it yet, and it really you know, is important to you, whether it's a door, or it's a piece of trim, then certainly I would have a contractor in that could replace it with a new one. It might look a little weird if you show your home and I'm sure a real estate agent will say, hey, we need to fix this trim. What happened here? Kind of thing. Um, but you could have somebody in to repair it so that you could take that with you, take that piece with you for memorabilia as you move on and sell your home. But Again, if you're currently under contract, you can't do it. But one way to save those memories would be to capture them and um, to recycle that and uh, reinvent that at your new home with additional memories. That is a great idea. But, but Brad, what are your thoughts? So I love the idea of recreating it. I can tell you that about two times a month, our yeah. teams find a missing piece, a phantom missing piece of trim work in a in a house. Yeah, it happens all the time. We write it up and inevitably they say, oh, that's where we had marked the kid's height. Yes. Mm -hmm. So 
how difficult from your perspective, again, you're not a home builder or anything, but how difficult is it to change out the trim, find the right matching trim, put it back in? Well, finding the matching trim may be hard, but a lot of times I think you can just retrim the whole door if you, mm. you know, to do it correctly. And then it, it, it won't throw anything off too yeah. much. But yeah, it's worse because normally we see it where it hasn't been repaired. It's just was removed. And so you've got a, a an opening there around the uh, door jam. Well, Ryan, we, we wish you the best because certainly you've hit a chord with uh, with all of us. We've all done this, and uh, I think that's great. And I think Corey came up with a really good solution, but it's not the original one, but I certainly think it's uh, it's a great one, a great idea. Listen, coming up on next week's show, we've got some weird but very important questions you need to ask before buying a house. These are some strange things that you, you may say, whoa, I didn't think of that. So that's coming up on next week's show. We are out of time. My thanks to Cora Henderson, who is one of the head folks, head attorneys over at Pitt and Frank Attorney LLC. You can reach Cora and her group at 895-9900. And they, I love, in case you're missing this, Cora goes ahead and uh, is showing the call me sign made popular in uh, what, what show? Well, there's a bunch of them, but um, either vote for me or call me. Yeah, right. One of the, the singing shows. Uh, and so you can reach Cora again, 895-9900. Brad Lawler, Home Team Inspection Service. Uh, they come in as a team. You can reach uh, Brad and his group for either uh, Home Team Inspection Service or Team Bug Out at 844-411-TEAM. And uh, if you're thinking about uh, selling, listen, we've got some great reviews. We're really, really proud of You can go to LouisvilleBuyersTalk.com or go to uh, LouisvilleZillow.com or LouisvilleGoogle.com or LouisvilleSellersTalk.com. We have a lot of reviews and a lot of people talking about us. Uh, and again, you can reach me, Bob Sikola, if you're thinking of selling. Come out free, no obligation. We can talk about it on the phone, in person. It would be me. That's me. I, there's no home too big, no home too small. We, we help sell them all. And you can reach me at 376-5483. That's 376-5483 or BobSellsLouisville.com. We're out of time. See you next Sunday on News Radio 840 WHAS.